Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Yeah, say moi. Did I hear, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's your host, Lynn Cullen. <laughs> Susan? Yes. <laughs> oh, hoping you sounded a little better. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm I'm hoping you sound better than I. Well, so far I do. I'll take my turn at hacking in a while. Okay. All right. I'm just all stuffed up all the time. God. Oh, it's this morning. Aren't you? I'm just that way every morning. That's how I awaken. Yeah, but, but I'm all the. No, it's it lasts all day. I never. Can never quite uh, get rid of it, so I don't know. Nobody wants to hear this. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Turned seventy years old uh, on Saturday, and uh, was surprised by a video that her her son had put together, but was the result of a lot of family and friends sending in little videos of their own and uh, I I saw it and it was, Susan and I were talking about it last night it, it, it's a wonderful thing to have um, sort of like being at your own funeral right well that is what it's like because I'm not <laughs> in the video which makes it easier to watch in some ways and harder to watch in others because it's very difficult to sit around and listen to people say nice things about you you know, I mean, it's not easy. I don't know why, but I mean, the first shot came up and I just burst into tears. <laughs> well, I wonder if that's a universal thing that <clears throat> people have trouble uh, taking in uh, people saying nice things to them. Or is that just? Yeah, I don't know. So I, I'm, I, if I am a natural deflector of compliments, and people yell at me for it. You know, I have a very hard time simply saying thank you, which is all one has to say, and then move on. You know, I know. But, me too. Uh, it's just, I just. Ugh. But anyway, yes, it was lovely. It was lovely, and and uh, and very sweet of all of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was it was nice to have the opportunity. Even now, if some of my friends who really <laughs> didn't know everything about me uh, now know everything about me if they watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a few things in there that Susan was thinking, what the heck did you bring that up for? <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. I lived long enough to be able to just laugh about everything I did wrong and say, well, big deal, I grew up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What a boring person a person would be if they were, you know, always did the right thing. I mean, God, there is no such person, is there? I hope not. Well, they aren't any friends of mine. <laughs> no. I don't I don't know any of them either. So I'm I'm avoiding uh talking about news related stuff just because <clears throat> I I am not enjoying um for months now uh reading a newspaper which I used to enjoy even when the news was not necessarily good I enjoyed it and now I can't even find I I'm it's it's, There's very little that that draws one in and wants. It's it's first of all, it always seems to be the same article sixteen different times. Yeah. I mean, it's all about. It's either about COVID. Yeah. Or it's mostly it's about, about COVID. It's mostly about it's mostly COVID. About COVID. Well, now it is again because of the nincompoops <clears throat> uh, out there. Yeah. And everybody is yeah. now, you know, and, and why are we, please tell me, why are we supposed to be grateful that the previously recalcitrant are now uh, running off to get their their vaccinations and pretending like they meant to do it all along? They were just waiting to make sure it was safe. 
This seems to be the right time to do it. Yes, now that you've caused a fourth wave, this would seem to be the right time to do it. Yeah, but you don't want to, I mean, once they I don't want them not to do it. it. I don't want them not to do it, but there are consequences to the recalcitrance. And and, And it's just like a forest fire. If there's enough dry timber available, then it'll rage on. I do not understand people insisting on being the dry timber. Well, people are idiots. I don't know what to say. I mean, I got a, um, yeah, I, I, there, there are just people who refuse to take in information. I don't know how you want to live a life like that. You know, I don't get it. And I, I'm, I, I think I, I don't want to trouble my little head anymore. No, trying but to you know, I, I think about, I think about people. You know, I was uh, talking to someone the other day about who was, you know, talking about how stupid it was not to wear a helmet when on a motorcycle, and um, you, you know, and I, I expect that they're thinking about being on a little putt putt and going twenty five miles an hour, you know, around. And I always bring up the example of our brother, who I think argues quite rationally that a helmet would not help him. If it helped him survive, what would happen to his body in an accident at the speed he would be going should he have the accident, he wouldn't want it to succeed. He, If he's going to have an accident that high a speed, he would just as soon die. Thank you. That's the rational choice. He accepts the consequences. He's not denying the consequences. It's, well, it's easy for it's easy though for him to say that before he kills himself. Well, so far for yeah. seventy five years he hasn't. The worst that's happened is he's dropped the damn thing on his ankle and broken it. <laughs> oh, he's had he's had some accidents. So, yeah, but yeah, that have not not killed them, obviously. I don't know. I think we're generally not very good at assessing risk because we go with um, sort of, our, well, we know we're not because of how we don't have any problem getting in a car. When that's probably well, I mean, I don't, I don't do think that day. that's necessarily a problem with assess, assessing risk. It's, it's a, a decision about no, how much it. risk, uh, how much risk to take. And in some cases, it's simply just ignoring the risk that you know is there. I mean, you're just going, yeah, well, okay, never mind. You know, which is how I think a lot of people feel about <laughs> going to the doctor. You know, you just ignore the risk. Wait a minute. You mean they don't go to the doctor? They don't go to the doctor, do? right? Oh, I, I, because they just yeah. Well, right, and that but that falls into ignorance is bliss. Don't you think a lot of people? Yeah, think ignorance, yeah. absolutely, is, and it is on occasion. Yeah, yeah. The the bliss the blissfulness of being an idiot. Oy, what are we talking about today? Let's okay. Let's. Uh, you said everything's virus related. I <clears throat> I do have God. What is <coughs> nice? It would be complete no, if you would, would just sort of spit whatever that was out, and we no, could hear it. No, shut up. No, and I didn't. I made a point of not having it be. It's a very dry thing. I just did. <laughs> That's dry. I don't want to be that disgusting. Anyway, uh, vaccine news. We just have to go there for a little bit. Uh, Did you hear about the Catholic school in Michigan? No, this sounds like a bad joke. No. Tell me about (laughs) the Catholic school in Michigan. In Michigan. Well, it's in Lansing. And it's a uh, resurrection school. Uh, they are suing the state of Michigan, saying that being told that they have to wear face masks uh, prevents their students 
from seeing the image of God. What? <laughs> what, what? Do you have so to mask? You, so you, ma- you went what? to law school. Are you saying you don't understand their argument? Here, I'll wait. I'll give you a a uh, verbatim here quote from their from their complaint. Because God created us in Oh, yeah, because we're all made in his image. We are masking that image. You're masking God by covering. Well, they have, to, they have to make a religious argument to have a leg to stand on. It has to be. It, 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 well, that's right. And that's it, right, Susan. They say it's therefore the mask mandates are, quote, disruptive to the essential element of the Catholic faith. Well, all I'm saying is that Jesus, if he were in his grave, would have been rolling over in it. (laughs) (laughs) God. Uh, Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, in in that regard, I have a lot of, I have a lot teachers in my family that that range from uh, kindergarten through college. And um, they would like to see everybody but the teacher at the head of the room masked, uh, especially in the younger, not so much up above, but especially in the elementary grades, because the teacher's face is so vital. The mobility of yes. the teacher's face is so vital to to right. teaching, to disciplining and communicating. Yeah. And Absolutely. communicating that if all the kids were masks and the yeah. teaching staff is vaccinated, they would like the right <clears throat> to to unmask or at least just use a clear shield, which they say is also not ideal. Um, uh, but uh, at least because it really impacts their ability to to communicate and to connect. And I, you know, I to me that sounded like a really rational uh, right way right. to do. But it's not just this. a little too nuanced because if the kids have to, then why does you know? It's just like we just can't seem to do this. Wisely. I well, don't know. you know, I would have the teacher masked until class starts, then the mask comes down, the teacher explains why, so I want, want you to be able to see my face, you know, and, and blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't know, but um, uh, I'm so worried Here. about our kids. I mean, yes, this is, right, I, right, I am right. just so terrified because <laughs> this, because viruses adapt, and this one has, and this one now is affecting our kids. And when you combine that with they're the rest of the fodder, you know, I, we've got to protect our children. I'm really, you know, I wasn't as frightened about them in the beginning as I am now. Now I'm scared. Yeah. And you have reason to be. Um, I was looking at a um, a thread, what's called a thread of tweets by a, uh, a pediatrician, uh, a hospitalist pediatrician. Um, in, I I forget where, somewhere in the South where this is raging again. And she says, we are seeing infants, infants, children, and teens. And they're pouring back into the hospital more and more each day, ranging in age from two weeks to 17 years. COVID admissions in our medical center are up 500% and currently 80% of our cases are due to the Delta variant. And she goes on talking about the fact that, right, we are endangering the children of this country by not getting vaccinated. Maybe people didn't care about, I know people said, when initially this happened, you're endangering your grandmothers, you're endangering the old people. And a lot of people, it flat out said, hey, old people are old, let them die. They got to die. I mean, big deal. I'm not going to, you know, restrict myself uh, because some 95-year-old is, is going to die. That's what 95-year-olds are supposed to do. Well, 
they won't have that argument now with children. And and yet I suspect it won't make a damn bit of difference. Nope. I mean, the one thing that I'm drawing comfort from is because I've lived, uh, you know, was it was the case that everybody was fleeing the urban centers because they were, you know, filled with disease. Chicago is basically vaccinated. Uh, and, and I, and, you know, has, uh, if, if you sort of stay in your little community, you're, you're within, I, I sort of a cured, uh, immunity. Everybody's very careful, uh, and, and it keeps it that way, but it, it helps to be in a place where over 80% of the people are vaccinated. Yeah. Um, Excuse me, wanting to quote uh, from Michael Gerson in the Washington Post about these people who won't get vaccinated and specifically dealing um, uh, with children in school. And he says, we know that there is a very small but measurable risk that a child can have an adverse reaction to the vaccinations that are required that children have before they go to school, right? Yeah, Leah had one. I, my son had one, had a terrifying one mm-hmm. uh, to the pertussis. Yeah, uh, Leah too, 105 fever, terrified. Exactly what happened. Hallucinating. And, oh, awful. Yeah, and man, uh, so we didn't, can, the doctor said, well, we are not going to give the second dose of that. You just let let that one go for him. Um, and yet what, you know, Gerson quite clearly says what we all know, even though there is this risk of adverse reaction, we require childhood vaccinations because there is a far greater risk to children from rampant outbreaks of measles, mumps, rubella, pertussis, and diphtheria, right? So that's the the risk benefit uh ratio americans and these people who don't understand this even though they've lived they've gotten vaccinated for these other things i it just makes me insane he said republican public officials who bray about defending bodily integrity while actual american bodies needlessly go to the morgue have ceased to serve the public. Yeah. I think uh, I am heartened somewhat by the number of employers who are stepping up and doing the right thing. Right. Um, that's going to help. All, you I, know, hate it. help. I hate it when we're so excited when people just step up and do the right thing. Do the right thing. Um, and today, this morning, I don't know if he has yet, uh, the mayor of New York, de Blasio, is going to uh, announce that in New York City, you ain't going to be able to go to a restaurant without having proof of vaccination. You are not going to be able to go to the gym or to any performances. And so he is, now that's in New York. They're going to say, you don't just say I'm vaccinated. You prove it or you're not coming in. Well, and to that end, I was, I I really think, you know, none of this, none of this, uh, stop with the paying people and and, and trying to bribe them. Punish them when they don't. And that's the thing. But I don't think giving everybody a piece of cardboard that some nurse wrote a date on is a proper identification. I think there needs there is that your medical database now includes whether you are vaccinated there. It should be easy to export the, you know, the COVID vaccine, you know, vaccines to a central database that we have one for a do not fly list. We can certainly have a database for the vaccinated Americans that is accessible. All you enter your name, you come up vaccinated, you can go in. 
you know, or you have a thumbprint that shows that you're vaccinated, you can go in. I don't care how they do it. It's got to be something more than a cardboard. And then you, if you aren't and, and you don't have, a, you know, one of a list of provable excuses as to why not, in which case you still get to, you can't go to a grocery store. You can't go to a bank. You can't go to the theater. You can't go anywhere. You are basically quarantined, which is what you should be. And I, I just, I don't have any problem with that. There are no federal regulations. I mean, you know, people that keep saying HIPAA and you can't ask, that is bull. The P's in HIPAA don't stand for privacy. They're portable. <laughs> they stand for portable and something else. It's about getting your insurance going from one place to another without, you know, all of these things getting disturbed or people having the right to look. It just goes. That's what it's about. It's not about you don't have any HIPAA protection vis-a-vis -vis me and you. And if I say to you before I walk into your store, are you vaccinated or are you letting people in and you say none of your business, I say bye. Bye. And that's what I'm saying to our uh, bank that we do business with in a meeting that we're right. going to have you with them. That. Yeah, you said. You told us this, Susan. Okay, well, I'm so. just saying this. We, we as people have actual power. Yeah. And we should use it. Because the way that you make people make decisions, proper decisions about the good of the community is to make it more uncomfortable for them not to do it than for them to do it. And so far, we haven't been doing that. Correct. Aaron says happy birthday to you. Thank you. And I'm an old, nasty crow now, and I can own it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. And he says that our big uh, grocery store here, Giant Eagle, is uh, has announced that uh, they're returning to masking on Friday. I was I was just in there the other day, and I admit. Oh, I thought you meant masking. masking on Friday, like for the shop for shopping, <laughs> <laughs> like eating fish on Friday. <laughs> you know, they're returning on Fridays. You have to wear a mask, but no. Starting Friday, if you go into the Giant Eagle, they want you to have a mask on again. That's good. And he says the comments section on the Post-Gazette site where he saw the article would make you think they were asking customers to walk on hot coals. Oh, of course. How dare you? Isn't that just amazing? Yeah, I got it. You just can't even imagine if people were asked to make an actual sacrifice <laughs> or an extra effort, he says. It's right. Really How about no hard. sugar, no gas, no cars, no, uh, you know, and coupons yeah. to, to yeah, trade, yeah. to try and get some to buy and make a birthday cake for your beloved once a year. How about try that? Jeez, what awful. You know, the other thing is, is my three-year-old granddaughter has masked every day for the last year and a half and gone to school and done just fine, has to be reminded when she gets, you know, back in her dad's car that she can drop her mask now. Doesn't bother her one little bit. So if a three-year-old can do it. Yeah, well, it's, her, it's her reality. Yeah, I don't care. If a three-year-old can do it, it's obviously not something that a grown-up can't figure out. Henry writes, it seems the number one excuse given by these anti-vaxxers is that the vaccine is not safe. And so many of them mention that the FDA has not sanctioned the vaccine. They've given it only an, an emergency use uh, sanction. And that is a thing that, I mean, I, I do agree. I wish the FDA would just, I don't know, cut a corner or something and do this because that'll I think, uh, allow a million. It would take away an excuse. And here's what I have to say to the FDA. If they can totally ignore the science and approve an Alzheimer's drug that had four people That's dropping correct. off the board because it was against all the science, then they're sitting back and going, well, it's been too fast and we have to wait for all the studies and blah, 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 blah. Exactly it's right. pure hypocrisy and bullshit. 
Exactly right. And I, I, I mentioned that the other day, this Alzheimer vaccine went by on an <laughs> extraordinary fast track. It's not a vaccine, but a, 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 uh, you know, pill. And, and in fact, some of the higher ups at the FDA were saying, hey, hey, no, 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 no. It was like a unanimous vote. Slow this down. And somehow that thing got approved. You tell me there's not some kind of crime, some kind of bribe, some kind of chicanery afoot with that. So it turns out they can act quickly, uh, precipitously. Uh, and knowing what their failure to act quickly with the uh, with COVID vaccine is doing, um, you would think, I, you know, you wonder, can't the I know they're independent agencies, but surely like the White House and others are like saying, hey. Well, the problem with what the, 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 the other leg of the problem with this is that it causes even people that want to believe in governmental systems not to trust them. I mean, I, right. I, I know in, right. in the course of the last four years, I, I, I don't believe in the general efficacy of the FDA. I do not believe in the general efficacy of the FAA. I worry That's about true. the CDC. I worry, you know, I mean, we have had reason to believe that they have been so tainted as to be actively working to kill population. Yeah. And that's not even an overstatement. That's just a reporting of what they have done in the last five years. So that, you know, when someone like me who actively wants to believe that the government in general is a force working on behalf of the greater good of the country is having a hard time doing that, we all have a problem. That's right. That's right. Because I realize if I were asked the question, do you have faith in, you know, certain government, you know, I'll tell you. No, it depends on who's uh, running them. So that did I have faith in the Environmental Protection Agency under Trump or any of his departments? No. No, you, you knew that the person in charge of them was designed to undo any good that those positions have That's been right. designed to protect. Right. Was against the mission of the very right. agency they were they were heading. And so, yeah, now I'm a little more assured because the Democrats have uh, have got some control here of the uh, executive uh, branch. But no, we all have become, understandably, because these things have been the damage Donald Trump has done is mind blowing, mind blowing. And there was a piece the other day how. So many scientists quit or were fired under Trump's administration. Couldn't handle it anymore. Couldn't take it because they were trying to do their work and they were being undermined or, you know, or not allowed to. Um and so right now, there is like this, there was this huge brain drain during Trump's administration of all of these agencies. And well, those scientists we were, are We were screaming gone. about they're, this. They're that, not, yeah, we were screaming about this at the time, that, you know, that it's very easy. And they did it on the, at the academic, you know, at all, you know, fine universities and on state levels, too. When you disappear the talent, you can't just blow a whistle and say "Ali, Ali, oxen, oh, every, every, yeah, everybody back." No, they've got other jobs, and I'll tell you what else they're finding out is that scientists now are exactly as we are, not trusting that a government job will allow them to do their work. Uh, maybe. Right now, they'd happily go work in a Biden EPA. But what happens when the Republicans win another round? And so they're reluctant to even uh, take 
these jobs. Right. The government has to stabilize again before it's going to be what, when I was in college, uh, in a lot of fields, a really good place to to be looking. You know, if you were in law school, half the half the the class yeah. would be looking for government service, government. and you know, between state department and justice department right. and all of those other fields, those people. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, CIA, CIA, FBI. Those are all things that you would that you would go to law school for. You know. Right. And I, I don't. Know. So that's um, uh, that's disquieting because you know that one of the things that Biden wants to do is really go after uh, the climate crisis, and. He's got a problem implementing the things he wants to do because he's got all these – there's unfilled positions, and they're almost all scientific. Anything that required expertise. Well, and the problem is is that the solution is going to be privatizing a lot of stuff that used to be governmental, and that has issues for national security. Oh, yeah. Even though did you see NASA gets a D and uh, and I forgot who get I got a no. C and and uh, um, and in there's in in their cyber security realms they just oh, they're just totally basically unprotected. Oh God, God in heaven! I'm sure that's Trump had a lot to do with that. Well, of course he, he needed, did because how well, is Russia going to get in? If, yeah, exactly. If, I mean, you got. He had to leave the door open so his so his sponsors, the the Russians, could uh, get get in. Absolutely. You know, and this isn't, guys. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is just connecting the very large, bright orange cones that were left along the trail. Yeah. Oi! Oi! So what do you think the green spot on the back of um, uh, um, Kim Jong-un's head is? Did you notice that? And why is it green? No. That's so weird. Well, you know how he's... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, there's been all of these... uh, See, there's news in the world, dear sister, dear sister. There's news in the world. Uh, And has grown a green spot on the back of his head. Yeah, about the size of a quarter. And with his signature haircut, he can't cover it. So right in that shaved up portion of his of his um his version of Lovely a fade coiffure. right yeah. his version yeah. of a fade right there is uh, this inexplicably green spot now i've never i mean i've had green tinges on a bruise for example but i've never had one that's sort of cool lady kind of green um or or, a, or you know and it's not i and then later there's a bandage over it and you know, and he's had this big weight loss. So the theory yeah, is, then we go back to his grandfather, who before his death was seen to sport like a golf ball sized or a tennis ball sized uh, tumor in about the same location at the back of his head. God. So now what they're thinking people. So I know. The and his sister has been allowed people. to issue things under her own name that would be like me you know taking over your show or something that would have yeah 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 you know i've seen that that she's been out there making declarations and i know there was concern about his losing weight although he should lose weight right i thought maybe someone finally put him on a proper diet yeah yeah whatever but geez no i haven't seen the green spot that's great Okay, Susan. I was looking desperately for anything. (laughs) Well, that's credit. Here is something that Kurt sent, which is so awful. But he, for some reason, thinks he he sends it and he says, I bet Susan will like this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how awful is it? It's pretty awful. It harkens back to one of the wonderful things we, uh, the Europeanized white folks who, who, 
who discovered this here country. Never mind that there were a whole bunch of other people already living here. Living here. <laughs> right, right. But they yes. didn't know where they were, so they couldn't have discovered it. Right. <laughs> Never mind. These guys didn't know who they were, either, where they were either. Okay, go ahead. I interrupt. And they. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. I apologize. No, I, I know. <laughs> You'll get it. I just want to get it in your head. Go ahead. Okay, wait a minute. Here's what he has said. Let's take the smallpox blanket lesson from history. And we all know what that is. The, uh, the, I'm thinking that it was the army. The, the government handed out blankets to Native Americans. And they were... Covered in smallpox virus, and we killed which them. Which they had no, which yeah, they had no, uh, you know, no immunity to at all. And it was smallpox; it just wiped out God knows how many, how many people. So he says, let's take the smallpox blanket lesson from history and turn it on its head. Vaccine infused my pillows. <laughs> See, Kurt, you're right. She likes it. <laughs> like all those little squares of sponge just excrete viri, vaccine, no, no, sera, whatever is in there. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. awful. What's so awful about that? Oh, you just thought the reference to the blankets. Yeah, it is. Well, because, no, he's talking about killing. Let's let's target and kill, uh, you know, these idiot uh Trump's well, no, wasn't he saying he's going to vaccinate them surreptitiously? No, 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 no. He's going to kill them. Oh. <clears throat> well, that's not nice. Oh, no, that's not true. Oh, you're right. It's vaccine-infused, my pillows. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That I, I listened. I actually listened oh, to what you read. I Kurt, thought you were saying, let's kill them all. Oh. We are kinder, kinder and gentler on our side. I guess so. I apologize to you, Kurt. I apologize to Susan. And I need to, you know, yeah, I'm the one who was thinking it was to kill him. Although I saw a, I saw a cartoon today, uh, you know, a cartoonist who did. Um, I think it was a bunch of, there's Republicans, uh, you know, an elephant looking at the, in a cemetery. and it's. Uh, it's all these, you know, they're voters. Um, and and the, the Republican is saying, now, what was the end game here again? You know, saying, what have we done? We're killing off our, our voters. Duh. Uh, duh. Okay. Now, I have something that I wanted to – I had one other – Oh, yeah. No, that's too depressing. Not going there. Not going there. I am not. Um, you know what's funny while you're looking for it? What's funny is watching our mother react to all the different colors of hair as it flashes by on television. <laughs> so there's a, there's a congresswoman, uh, and I can't think of her name. She, I, she normally sports... Uh, dyed black hair, but it's frequently pink or blue or it's green. It's not cinema because cinema's always got some weird hair going. She's a senator. Is she a senator? Well, maybe she's a senator. Yeah. Short, a bob that's in different colors. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. That's, and that's mom's always screwed. What is she doing? And I, <laughs> and I, so I explained to her why is the unnatural black color of her hair any stranger than the quite pretty vivid blue that she's chosen for today. Well, you know, I mean, for people in an older generation, uh, they're still trying to get used to people putting blue on their fingernails. You know, it, it, things were very, there was a much smaller uh, palette of what was considered reasonable. Yeah, well, I would suggest that old ladies have been drying their hair violet, blue, and pink for years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They have. <laughs> what have they been thinking? I don't. I I don't know. So, 
Okay, sorry. Um, Did you find what you were looking for? No, well, I've got stuff and I'm just sort of reluctant. I, 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 let me just throw these two things in. I have always, I said just the other day that, you know, decades ago, I came up with this, what I thought explained the human condition now, um, that, you know, we're not very highly evolved from the our ancestors who, you know, were living in caves. We simply are not. Takes longer than than that. And I've often said that all we are now is cavemen with smartphones. And yep. I came upon this, this is by a biologist um, who took that same thought but really made it better. So this is, and he's so right. E.O. Wilson, he says, the real problem of humanity is the following. We have paleolithic emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. And so these cavemen, these paleoliths, can't handle and can't are not swift enough, understandably, to deal with the swiftness of this technology, which is so far over our heads, it's a joke, nor can our institutions, which pretty much do come out of a kind of a medieval mindset, right? Right. So we're, we're in, I'm just telling you, we're in trouble right here in River City. Robert Reich, or Reich, how does he pronounce it? Reich. You think? I'm not. No, maybe not. Robert Reich. I don't I, know. Reich. I Reich. don't Reich. know. I don't know either. He, he now writes a column for The Guardian, and boy, he's got a great one. And he talks about how this news that came out, what was it, yesterday or the day before? No, it was this, I think the weekend, that in fact, the then president, one Donald Trump, when he was trying to rewrite the election, so this is at the end of December, he's lost the election, but he's still the president. And he, we know he was up to all kinds of stuff, pressuring the guys in Georgia to find him a few more votes, doing this. I mean, the, the, you know, he trying to turn over the uh, overturn the election and news comes and I'm not sure uh, why it came out, but he pressured the then attorney general, the acting attorney general. So after Barr finally said, I'm getting the hell out of here and Barr left this guy named Jeffrey Rosen became the acting attorney general in the last months of Trump's reign. And Trump, there was two guys on the phone, three guys on the phone, Trump, Rosen, <coughs> and another guy who worked at the Justice Department. I'm blanking, Donahue. He was Rosen's chief deputy. Those, these two guys on the call. December 27th, and Trump says to the Attorney General acting of the United States, just say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me. And this was Donahue, the guy on the line, is taking contemporaneous notes as these people have been Trained to do, yeah. And I have to say, right there, if this were normal times in our country, there is a smoking gun, there is evidence of an attempted coup d'etat. You say it's corrupt, leave the rest to me. And he said the Republican congressman, like Jim Jordan and the others. He was, and then what, what is it we don't get? 
about the fact that Rosen didn't do that for him, but he didn't stop. He didn't stop. He then starts pressuring Georgia and pressuring uh, legislators in Michigan and in Pennsylvania and finding some success. And his last gambit, the last thing, was January 6th. That was an attempt to stop the government. Yeah, it was an attempt to overthrow the government. It absolutely was. So we have all this evidence building. And what, what, what Reich is saying is that, dear God in heaven. What does it take? What does it take? Uh, he said it, it, it would have been bad enough. Uh, were Trump a mere crackpot acting on his own pathetic stage, a, a would-be dictator who accidentally became president and then when he lost re-election went bonkers, after which he was swept into the dustbin of history, we might then merely regret this temporary lapse in American history. At best, Trump would be seen as a fool and the whole affair an embarrassment to the nation but Trump was no accident, and he's not in any dustbin. He has turned one of America's two major parties into his own cult. And by all accounts, he is running for president again in 2024. He has emboldened Republicans throughout the country to execute the most brazen attack on voting rights since Jim Crow. And he says Donald Trump's proto-fascism poses the largest internal threat to American democracy since, obviously, the Civil War. And the fact that this revelation didn't even make it didn't break it. The news was still Simone Biles well, and yeah, I the know. infrastructure bill. And he said the fact that this was known and became known, the attempt by the president to get the attorney general to say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me. He says clearly that should have trigger section three of the 14th amendment, which bars anyone from holding office who engaged in insurrection against the United States. And he says Merrick Garland, the attorney general now of the United States, should issue an advisory opinion clearly stating this. I think so. I mean, you know, if we're talking about having faith in 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 the government of our country, then we also have to have faith that the people at the highest levels will be punished for their malfeasance. Otherwise, how can we have faith in the government? If you get exactly. to do what he did and walk away, there are no consequences. How do we have faith in the government? The country cannot go on without a full reckoning. This isn't like Benghazi. This is, this is we got to fix the government now. It's so, oh, I don't, I mean, how, it's, surely there are more rational people in the United States than just the two of us, right? I mean, surely. I, why is this not happening? I don't know. I mean, if it's I don't not, know. I, if I they would just all, say we're you know working what? on it, I'd be happy. Well, you know, the thing is, is where the, the populace <clears throat> has proven itself to be um, not quite up to the uh, where they need to be, not paying enough attention. Well, you know, I don't I don't think that's fair, Lynn. I don't think it's fair to blame the government's inaction on the inability of the country to keep in the streets forever until they do their effing jobs. You know, it shouldn't require that. Here's the other thing. The pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pandemic has exhausted and stressed people out. And so I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to say, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't read the news. I can't. And I, I understand that. 
But so they're missing that evidence is building and building. And, you know, you don't even have to be the whiz kid in, in the in the law class to see that the last president of the United States attempted a coup d'etat. And that was an insurrection on January 6th. And you see them building to it in the, I mean, even before the election, he was saying, if I lose, it's rigged, right? So he was setting the stage even before the election for this. He was never going to give up power. Never. And we had the first non-peaceful transfer of power in our country's history because of this. People died. Did you see that uh, now it's four police officers who have committed suicide that were involved in Well, you know, imagine what their their, uh, social media, if they still have them. What what these vile human beings are are sending to these people? Uh, we heard about some of yeah. it during the hearings, but you know that's what yeah. they're they're driving people to kill themselves, and and they're trying to. I would love to get hold of a so I, I would love to have uh, you know to examine some of these things as to whether they're actually suicide or whether they're murder uh, through suicide. You know, we've, well, we've, we've, well, that's the thing, you know, you can't, you can't prove it. You can't but prove excuse it. me. We have tried as far as I can mm-hmm. think in recent memory, two teenage girls for coercing yes. their boyfriends to kill themselves kill them. and they were murder charges. It's not unheard of. Well, speaking of murder, I never got around to talking about this. But I was blown away. This has to be weeks old now by an obit I had read, an obit, an obit I'd read about this guy who's now dead, but he died in prison. It's known that he killed seven women, but it's possible that he killed many, many others. And in the course of his killing spree, he was on a television show, The Dating Game. Mm-hmm. He was one of that the makes your heart get a skip a beat. Yeah, he, nineteen seventy eight, he was one of the guys on the dating game. And this is, get this, six years after he was already convicted of rape and attempt to kill a 12-year-old girl. Will after you please that, tell me he was on, oh, they didn't after do that. Their, <laughs> that Gee. was in the days when they didn't do background <laughs> checks. I guess not. He was a good-looking guy. He appeared in a brown bell-bottom suit and a shirt with a butterfly collar as bachelor number one. And he was introduced to the audience as a successful photographer. Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling. And you know what? He won. The the woman picked him, and it's if they you can dig up that episode, it's because he was very smooth and adept at sexual innuendo. And then get this, she never went on the date because. In the conversation she had with him, trying to set up a date, she said she found him strange and disturbing. Thank God for her instincts. God almighty. He was, I I mean, he killed so many women, it's outrageous. 
And then even he was a camp counselor in New Hampshire after that. How? Anyway, I just have to say the dating game killer. Uh, wow. He was at the time of his death, he was on uh, California's death row. I don't think they. Yeah, well, may he feel the insects eating his dead body. Gee, <sighs> Suze. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that was, was particularly a little... that was a good curse. What do you think he doesn't deserve well, it? No, but I just say it. And, uh, um, <clears throat> okay. What time is it? I like a good you know, curse. We got. I'm sorry, you have uh, four minutes to go. Okay, so there was this piece. <laughs> There was this piece in... Uh, you know, we did an hour and a half effortlessly last night. What's your problem? Well, <laughs> I I don't know. But we couldn't be talking about a lot of that stuff on this show, right? Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. I think it was more sort of personal. <clears throat> okay. So David Brooks uh, wrote this piece, and he says, I don't know what any of it means, but he, it's worrisome to him. And here's just a few – he says – he starts out um, with, you know, just some some numbers, and they're, they're pretty upsetting. Um, we know that in the last decades that depression, major depression among kids has risen. Quite a bit. Um, 63% in just the years between 2013 and 16. American suicide rates increased by 33% since 1999. The percentage of Americans who say they have no close friends has quadrupled since 1990. And this one, just 54% of Americans say that sometimes or always they feel that no one knows them very well. Well, yeah, I don't know. But the one that he started out with was at least 27% of Americans are estranged from a member of their immediate family. That's a big wow. number. That's a huge number. The 25% of uh, over 25% of us aren't speaking to a member of our immediate family. Um, and I, um, and most of these, he points out that it's parents and children that are the estranged parties and mostly it's the children who have uh, create, have said, that's it, I'm out of here, and don't speak uh, to their parents. And it said that, uh, you know, the most recent study of this said that parents in the United States are twice as likely to be in an estranged or very contentious relationship with their adult children as parents in a whole ton of other countries, the ones that were babies, England, Germany, Israel, Spain, and on and on and on. So more Americans. And that said, you see, these things say something about us and about our. Well, I'm immediately culture. going to, you know, to the polarized responses that we have and how we're taught in this country to hate everybody. So I would think, you know, a ton of that is due to uh, children rejecting parents who will not accept them for who they are, um, or you know, or and and they've just said, you know, your your presence in my life is so toxic that I can't go on, you know, doing, and they've just gone on and lived their lives. I. Uh, I've seen it. I've also seen parents that have just said, eh, and chosen you know, some schmo over their own kids. 
I, you know, I think it's a, it could be a lot of things. And he says he doesn't know. I mean, he, um, if you look at the, 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 when kids are the, the adult children are the ones they point to, uh, things like harsh parenting or parental favoritism or divorce or hostility and blah, blah, blah. And there's one quote from a woman says, I, I have someone out to get me and it's my mother. My part of being a good mom has been getting my son away from my mother. I'm not sure that all of this is not also kids' refusal to see their parents as humans and blaming them for whatever unhappiness they have. Is that possible, too? Well, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things we were talking about last night, and, and it was because of that video. And we were talking about how much it, how important the relationship of aunt is to, or aunt, depending on how you say it, uh, is to um, nieces and nephews. Children. That, that in yeah. many ways... That that you're able to be the good mother that for whatever reason their actual mother is not capable mm-hmm. of being for them in that moment, and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do yeah. with the actual mother. It has to do and with it has to be someone else because my kids had me as a mother, and I have nieces and nephews that clearly hold me in higher esteem <laughs> because you didn't have you were not because they didn't the live with me every day, right? Yeah, exactly right. And and here's another thing that um, uh, one person who's really looking into this says, uh, and. She says, my my most recent research and my clinical work over the past four decades has shown that you can be the most conscientious parent and your kid may still want nothing to do with you when they're older. That's right. Freud wasn't wrong. Um, That's tough, though, for the parent. That is tough. It's it's very tough. And there's not a thing you can do but just uh, swallow it and accept it. Um, but, uh, it's not unusual. It's not necessarily fair. It's why there's a lot of, uh, moms and probably dads, but I can only report from motherhood that just couldn't wait for her children to have children. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And it didn't have a whole lot to do with my wanting to have grandchildren. It was for, so that they understood. Payback. But just so they understood how it <laughs> how it looks from the other side, side, thank you very much. Okay, and I just want to put one other little fact in here, and then we gotta we gotta go because I found this interesting. Um, you know, we have all these over uh, involved, high pressure parents. Uh, you know, it, you know, completely controlling their kids' schedules and all this shit that goes on now that makes me crazy. And uh, a, a recent study found that almost three quarters of parents of school age children want eventually to become their children's best friend. I think that's fucked up. Yeah. You're, that's not the job. You're, that's not you're, your role. you're their mother or their father. You're not their best friend. Your job is to make them whole and capable and let them go. It's a fundamentally it's a fundamentally different relationship and <clears throat> even if you are friendly and you hang out and you're calling that friendship it is still a fundamentally different relationship that should yeah. be treasured and allowed to be what it is. But you shouldn't be their best friend. Sorry. No, and you should limit it. And for it. the children and for the children it says a lot of adult children seem to think they need to cut off their parents just to have their own life. Because parents don't know when their job's done. Boy. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just here to say that I have children that tell me that my job is done. <laughs> <laughs> I have a child that in no uncertain terms has told me my job is done. That is correct. That is, except when they tell me that they would like their advice, my advice, which is fine. Yes, what? Which is fine. Which is fine. Which is fine. Exactly. 
Um, all right, Suze. Hey, thanks a lot. You're and, welcome. Uh, your voice is sounding better. You sound like you've come to life. You may now continue yeah, with your day. <laughs> okay. In other words, you're telling me to go ahead? Is that what you're I saying? Spe- I specifically did not say that, but I, it was <laughs> it was lurking somewhere in my brain. <laughs> I know. Well, Susan told me to go ahead, so I'll go ahead. And Suze, thanks. Bye. 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 Okay, you guys, I'll see uh, see you in tomorrow. Okay? Have a good one. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.